How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Episode 54 of Locked On Thunder, presented by the Norman Transcript. I'm your host, Fred Katz. Locked On Thunder is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can head on to iTunes and you can search Locked On Thunder to subscribe to the podcast there. You can also leave a review if you want to. Find us on audioboom.com too. I'm on every day of the week, Monday through Friday, off weekends for a second straight day. It's going to be a longer episode today. First things first, going to talk about the Thunder's 142 to 137 loss to Real Madrid to begin their preseason, probably the greatest preseason game I've ever watched. Like, had me had me off the couch. Unfortunately, I'm not in Spain, but I do have NBA TV, so I watch it along with everybody else who is viewing it on television. Uh, then, after some basketball talk, or I should say after some Thunder preseason talk, going to be having some more basketball talk, welcoming in Josh Lloyd of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Same podcast as yesterday, but part two. So yesterday we did the Eastern Conference, today Western Conference over-unders for teams, uh, and that's going to be about the same length as it was yesterday, uh, and obviously Western Conference includes the Thunder over-under talk in there too. Uh, so super long pod today, so let's let's get to it. So the Thunder lost 142-137 to 137. over time. They let go of a 22-point lead to Real Madrid and ended up losing. Sergio Yule was awesome. He's such an NBA player. In case you're wondering, by the way, I know some people were. Houston has the rights to Sergio Yule. He, did, he didn't want to come over. Houston tried to bring him over. The Rockets did. Tried to bring him over to the NBA a couple of summers ago, and he basically turned it down. He had a pretty big buyout, and they were trying to get him over from the mid-level exception, but he's a legit player. Anyway, Yule hit the game-tying shot at the end of regulation when Andres Nocioni ended up intentionally missing a free throw with Real Madrid down three. They were down five with 14 seconds left. Nocioni missed the free throw with Real Madrid down three with 4.1 seconds left. The ball ricocheted out to the perimeter, and Yule hit a ridiculous three at the buzzer from the right wing. Uh, he had a bunch of big threes. I think he had, a, he had so many buzzer beaters in, in that game. It was, it, was, it was amazing. He's a really good player. He's a really good guard. Um, but the Thunder lost to a non-NBA team. They give up 142 points. Uh, it was a great game. It was really exciting. It was exciting to watch Barcelona, Barcelona, watch Madrid basically score every single time they came down the floor in the second half. Uh, too bad it doesn't matter. I know, I know people are, are going to be nervous about this. You just know it. Obviously, people see Thunder lose to a non-NBA team and people freak out about that stuff. It's not a big deal. I mean, the Spurs a couple of years ago lost to Alba Berlin, a German team. Clearly wasn't a big deal. They're still the Spurs. No one cared. Uh, the Thunder were playing with Russell Westbrook on a minutes limit. He only played 22 minutes. He only played in two quarters. He only played in the first quarter and the third quarter. He didn't play in the second. He didn't play in the fourth. He didn't play in overtime. Steven Adams got hurt in the second quarter. 
if you want to panic, that's the thing. But we don't know what the injury – I mean, we know sprained right ankle. That's all the Thunder have said. I mean, that's the worst news out of the game. It's not the fact that they lost, that Steven Adams got hurt. Now, we don't know the severity of it as of now. Maybe by the time you're listening to this podcast, we will. But as of the time I'm recording it, I'm recording it late Monday night for Tuesday morning. As of the time we're recording, we don't know what the severity of the Adams injury is. So there's no use harping on that for now. But they ruled it. The Thunder at least ruled it, at least announced it as a sprained right ankle. But he only played nine minutes. Look, Steven Adams is their defense. And that's the thing. Like when the defense was struggling, it's not like Donovan said, let's go back to Andre Robertson either. And the defense really struggled in the second half. And that's something Donovan addressed in his postgame presser too. But he clearly wasn't going to coach this game like it was something that mattered. You know, even though he put Oladipo in for the overtime period, he was not trying to coach like it was something that mattered. Westbrook, 22 minutes. Adams was hurt, played Cantor a ton of minutes because of that. I'm going to have a piece on normantranscript.com going over, just just breaking down the defense. That's going to be on Tuesday, and it's going to go up on the blog. It's going to go up with video and such at, at, so, at some point on Tuesday. And they got 92 points after halftime, 76 points in the second half, another 16 in overtime. There were defensive issues. Like I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that there weren't defensive issues, but the defensive issues were fixable with personnel. They were. Andre Robertson plays more minutes. Adams doesn't get hurt in the second half. You know, you're playing a different game. You're playing a different game. There are three-plus defenders in the Thunder starting lineup. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But, you know, there are times where, he's, where you know, Donovan was playing multiple rookies. And that's great. Try him out. You got to give guys playing time. He started Sabonis. They're rotating late a lot of the time. Normally, if Real Madrid would make two passes in a possession, they were going to get a bucket, especially in that second half. And that's the thing with Adams. I mean, that's when you, Adams is so important for this defense. If Adams isn't there, this defense goes from what I think will be a top 10 defense in the league to maybe a below average one. And so when Adams isn't on the floor, this is just a totally different, it's a totally different defense when Adam, Adams isn't out there. And we saw that in the second half. We saw a ton of layups. We saw a ton of open threes because guys weren't coming over to help. We saw a lot of guys who were rim diving, just getting wide open because no one on the back line was coming over to help. Someone would be late on a rotation. Someone would just miss it altogether. But it was fine. It's the first preseason game. All this is supposed to do is to show, hey, this is what we got to work on. That's all it's supposed to do. It's one preseason game. The Thunder are never going to play in a regular season game the way that they played during that first game on Monday. They're not. It's not going to happen. If only because Russell Westbrook's going to play a lot more than 22 minutes. Victor Oladipo, who played a lot, is going to play a different style 34 minutes, even though I thought he played a a great game. He was getting to the rim at will. He got to the rim whenever the heck he wanted to. He had an unbelievable dunk. He had an unbelievable dunk in the second, in the, in, I guess it was in the overtime period. It was an incredible dunk. But he was finishing up at the rim like crazy. He had 11 points in the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. He was going to the rim whenever he wanted. He played great. He played really well. But he's going to play a different style. Defensively, he's going to play a little differently. You know, their rotations are going to be sharper. They're going to understand their schemes. Remember, they're not just working in new faces. This isn't an issue of getting to know each other from a chemistry perspective. It's an issue of getting to know new schemes because they're 
they're doing slightly different things now. And that's something I'll, I'll break down a little bit in this piece I'm going to have up on Norman Transcript. They're doing slightly different things. And so it's not like you're just plugging in Adams or plugging in Westbrook or plugging in Robertson or anybody else who was here last year. It's not like you're just plugging those guys into the exact same system on either side of the floor. Everyone has to get somewhat more comfortable with what they're doing. It's not just the new guys. It's everybody. They're adapting to new guys and they're adapting to a new system. So it'll take more than one preseason game. That's okay. That's fine. Real Madrid's good. They have good players. They have NBA caliber players. Yule's an NBA caliber player. Tompkins played in the NBA. Anthony Randolph was a top prospect for 98 years. Anthony Randolph somehow still only 27 years old. I don't understand how Anthony Randolph is 27 years old. I feel like he was in the league 12 years ago. Still 27 years old. Don't know how that happened. He's like Peter Pan. But Real Madrid's fine. They're good. It's 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 a it's a fine it's a fine loss that we're gonna forget about real soon. I remember my sophomore year of college. So I went to Syracuse my freshman year. I transferred to Missouri for my sophomore year. But I grew up a Syracuse fan, so I still like to see Syracuse do well. And I was like I was a manager of the basketball team while I was there, so I still like to see Syracuse do well. And I remember my sophomore year. So my freshman year, when I was a manager of the team, Syracuse went to the Sweet Sixteen. That was that was uh, for those college basketball fans out there. That was that was Johnny Flynn, Eric Devendorf, Paul Harris, Renzi Onowaku, Rick Jackson, Scoop Jardine. It was that team. Lost to Oklahoma actually in the Sweet Sixteen. Blake Griffin's Oklahoma team. Blake Griffin leveled Johnny Flynn in that game. I remember that well. Anyway, the next year Syracuse opened up, lost a lot of guys, lost Devendorf, lost Flynn, lost Paul Harris. People thought Syracuse wasn't going to be as good. Wes Johnson was coming off his redshirt year. He ended up being a first-team All-American. Syracuse played its first exhibition game. It was against Lemoyne, Division II Lemoyne, which is basically across the street from Syracuse, and Lemoyne won. Everyone freaked out. Syracuse isn't going to be good this year. They lost everybody. People didn't realize that Wes Johnson was going to be a first-team All-American. Everybody freaked out. Reason why? Everybody freaked out. People just looked at the result. They didn't look at how they got to the result. Syracuse lost that game. They played man-to-man the whole game. Syracuse, if anybody ever watches Syracuse, you know they play a 2-3 zone. Syracuse was, was messing around in that game, and they lost. They lost a close game. And then they went on, and they were a one seed. They lost in the Sweet 16 after Onwaku got hurt in the NCAA tournament, or before the NCAA tournament that year. They lost in the Sweet 16 to Butler. That was your Butler went to the... Went to the final. But they were a one seed, and they lost to Lemoyne. In similar what was supposed to be a transition year. Now, I don't think Syracuse is, or I don't think the Thunder are going to have the success in the NBA this year that Syracuse had in the NCAA that year. But these games don't matter when you're not playing them and, and, and you're not scheming for them for real. When you're playing them like they're exhibitions, you have a way of playing like it's an exhibition. So calm down. It's all good. They're fine. Quick breather. And then some more around the league talk. Western Conference over-unders, including that one for the Thunder with Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. One sec. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Let's welcome in Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Having him on again, Josh. I, I haven't spoken to you in so long. It's it's been a while, Fred. It's good to it's good to um, speak to you again. So two straight days of doing these over under podcasts. I had Josh on, like I said before. I had Josh on uh, yesterday. We did the Eastern Conference over unders. Today we're doing the Western Conference over under so 15 teams yesterday 15 today you can always find yesterday's podcast you can go audio boom you can find it on itunes wherever on norman transcript like wherever you find uh wherever you find locked on thunder is where you can also find that podcast so you can listen to both of them yesterday is the east today is the west a quick a quick summary basically over under win totals they're super easy to get in case you're not a gambler or whatnot i'll explain them right now over-unders are just Vegas or whichever site you're looking at. Vegas will 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 set a line uh, at, for example, like I said yesterday, the Atlanta Hawks were at 43.5 wins is the line that they, Vegas set. And you can either bet that the Hawks will win under 43.5 or you can bet that they'll win over 43.5. And, and if they win 44 or more, then you win if you bet the over. And if they win 43 or less, then you win if you bet the under. Uh, and, and that's... All it is. And so today, Josh and I are going to be doing over-unders for the Western Conference. These lines are, are all courtesy of sportsbook.ag. Uh, didn't go Bavada because those lineups were not up as of the time when I pulled down the lines on Sunday. Uh, this is going up Tuesday morning. Uh, let's do the first one. Josh, you ready to go? Let's go. Dallas Mavericks, 39.5 the over-under, 42 wins last year. They were the number seven seed. I am even after their offseason moves, which I kind of like. They got a little Warriors-y with with Andrew Bogut and and Harrison Barnes. Like I was, I was okay with that. I and I think Carlisle is a great coach, and I, I still am taking the under with them. It, it's weird. It's uh, it's so hard to bet against Carlisle, and that's sort of what I put them at at forty wins. So I'm you know, a really soft over. It's just. Who, who knows? Like, does Dirk drop a little bit off? Maybe, but it's Dirk. So how can you sort of count him out? What is, yeah, the, does Seth Curry step up a little bit with you know, Devin Harris injured, um, or you know, con- consistently injured with Darren Williams having issues of himself? Like, how does Wes Matthews bounce back? How does Barnes transition into a, yeah, a one B type of role next to Dirk? We we just don't know. But I do have some faith in Carlo. That's why I, I have gone with forty. I think that it's obviously a, a downgrade on what they did last season. But I still think that they go over. It's really going to be interesting. Everyone's going to have their eyes on on uh, on Barnsley to see exactly how he how he rolls this season. And I think that he's probably getting a little bit too much negative attention at the moment. I think he'll be better than people expect. But whether that means they get in the playoffs, I don't think they do, but we'll see. I guess we'll see how it works out. But they are going to be interesting, and I it's a soft over for me. Yeah, my under was pretty soft too. I, I think they're going to be a relatively average team on both sides of the ball. Um, I think they're going to have weaknesses on the defensive end. You know, you can take advantage of like Dirk in the pick and roll and and that kind of stuff. And 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 when Bogut is hurt, because you know he's going to be because he's hurt every year. Um, and he's a really good defender. He's an excellent defender when he's not. Uh, but but he gets hurt seemingly every year. So you have to imagine Bogut's going to be hurt. And when he is, I think they're going to be a, a below average defense. Even though Barnes is a is a solid defender on the wing, as is with Wes Matthews. They they've got good defensive wings. Um, but but I think. I I think, yeah, I mean, I think this team is going to be 
relatively below average, and and I think Harrison Barnes is going to take a little bit to to integrate into a, a slightly a, a, not slightly a very different role than he had in Golden State. Um, and even if he does eventually get there, I think it's going to take some time before he does, which is why I think this team is going to end up finishing under five hundred um, by by a couple of games, or, or, or I guess I'm taking on by four games. And uh, so I'm taking the soft under. It's not a line I would bet on, but I'm taking the under. That being said. The Mavs, I think, had a lower over-under line last year, uh, and I took the under on that one. And then they came out and won 42 because Rick Carlisle is like a, a total first ballot stud Hall of Famer. Yeah, no um, doubt about that. So, so you know, betting against Rick Carlisle is stupid, and I acknowledge that while while I advise them <laughs> well, to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Nuggets. Nuggets, 37 wins. Or 37 wins is their over-under. 33 wins last year. They didn't make the playoffs. They got a lot of nice young pieces. Where do you have them? Man, I love this team. I love so many of their guys. Um, 37 is higher than I expected it to come out as. I've got them as 36, so that's that's an under. But really, there, there's a lot to be interested in as a neutral observer, especially as a Nuggets fan. Moutier, Harris, Jamal Murray, Jokic, Nurkic, um, Hernan Gomez. I want to see him. He, although we probably won't see a huge amount of him. You know, Gallinari, Wilson Chandler comes back. Just so much depth on this team as well, but I find it hard in this uh, in this Western Conference environment to see them getting more than thirty seven wins. As much as I, I really love this talent on this team and think they can really you know, be a very interesting team and, and a team to to push forward in the next couple of seasons, it, it's going to be hard for, for me to see them approach forty this season. I agree with you. They've got they've got a ton of guys on their team where I watch them and I say, oh, I like that guy. You know, they've got they've, they've got a million guys on that team where I look at Moody and I'm like, oh, he could be really good. I look at Jokic and I think, oh, he could be really good. And I look at Gary Harris and I think, oh, that's a that's a two-way player right there. He's going to be good. Um, and there are just so many guys who fit that bill. You know, like Nurkic is going to be good. And and Gallinari is good right now. Um, and there are a lot of guys who you look at and I'm like, I like that guy. But they kind of have a lot of redundancy on the roster. I don't really know where Kenneth Fareed fits into all of this, um, and he's going to get minutes. Um, so I don't really know where he fits into all of it. I think Moutier might need another year. Um, he was a lot better in the second half last year, but I do think he's going to need another year. And I think he's going to be like – I know this is the second time I've used the word stud on this podcast, but I think he's going to be a stud. Uh I think he's going to be really good, but I, I think he needs a, another year, uh, kind of with, like just learning the reins of the offense. Uh, but he's he's going to be awesome, I think. Um, and I think the same of Jokic. I think he'll have a nice year. I think they're going to improve on last year's win total. But yeah, I'm taking that like really soft under two, 35, 36 wins for them. Uh, and then if they keep this core together and they they kind of figure out how to work the minutes and and work these guys' roles together and. Moutier gets better, and Jokic gets better, and Nurkic gets better, and Harris gets better. And then all of a sudden, I think this could this could definitely be a playoff team in a couple of years. But I'm just not picking that for this year. Yeah, uh, everything you said there echoes exactly what what I what I said and thought. Whatever I didn't say, it's it's all the same sort of stuff. Really looking forward to them in a couple of years. Love Moutier, love Harris, love Jokic. Yeah, Murray is he's just sort of icing on the cake at this point. But it just it's hard to see how they how they really improve significantly from last season. All right, I assume. I mean, I know we're talking about the whole league with this podcast, but I think it's a yeah. safe assumption that the majority of people listening to this podcast are Thunder fans. We're going yeah. through this in alphabetical order. So I'm just going to say to all the Thunder fans out there, 
if you need to, if you feel like you absolutely have to, if you feel like you can't handle this next one, if you feel like you're going to take your computer or your phone or whatever, your iPad, whatever you're using to listen to this, and you are going to break it, if you feel like there's going to be a hole in your wall by hearing the mention of anything that we're about to talk about, just earmuffs or pause it or just skip ahead a couple of minutes. Uh, because the next one, I'll, 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 I won't say it quite yet so you get a chance to figure it out. Okay, the next one is the Golden State Warriors. 66 wins. They, uh, I think everybody knows, they won 73 last year, which I think when you win 73, you're usually going to get the one seed. Um, <laughs> the Thunder fans who didn't pause will probably be excited to know that I'm taking the under. Um, I, I think they're going to win over 60, uh, but I, I think they're going to win like 62, 63 games. 66 wins is crazy over under. I, I don't know if this is true, but I, I, f- I would not be surprised if 66 wins was the highest over under Vegas ever put out for a team. Yeah. I, did any of the Heat teams get that high? I don't think they did. I don't think the Heat ever got 66, did they? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, they, uh, look, I'm not pandering to the Thunder audience here, Fred, but I've got them under as well. I've got them at 65, so it's only just, but uh, they're, they're not going to have their foot on the pedal the entire season. They're not going to be pushing for record win totals. They could lose Kevin Durant for the season. They, I'm sure plenty of Thunder fans would think that's great, but they could lose Steph Curry for the season. I still think they get 60 wins, but they're not going to be like, let's go out and let's get 74, let's get 75. Draymond's already come out and said that they're just not looking at that. That was brutal on them last season. They'll find themselves in the one seed. I don't think they'll have any concerns with that. They'll you know, rest themselves during the season with minutes, with games, with practices. They'll they'll be awesome. They'll have you know, great numbers. But over 66, it, it just doesn't happen in NBA history. It just not many teams can do that. And to actually set that as a, as a line is, is really tough to, to bet anything other than the under, I reckon. Picking them to win. Now, look, they could win 67 games. Uh, they, they could. They could. Yeah, easily. They've won 67 games two years in a row now. Yep. Uh, but, but, they won, what is it? So they won, 100 and, they won 140 games over the last two years in the regular season. Yep. But how many teams have won 67 games in the history of the NBA? 12? Is that right? I think that sounds right. Last year, two teams won 67, which is crazy. Um. But but twelve teams in the history of the league won sixty seven games, something like that. It's twelve or thirteen. I, I think it's twelve. Uh, that to pick a team to win sixty seven is you're picking a perfect season. And when I say a perfect season, I mean you're not just betting on how good they are. You're also betting on luck, which is impossible to predict. You're basically turning it. You're turning an invest what could be an investment given how much you know about the game. You're turning that into more gambling than it has to be. Now, to me, this is not a line that I would bet on if I had to bet on five. This is not one of them because they could be this good and they could win this many just because their roster is so incredible. But you're predicting really no injuries for the most part. Um, and, and I do think that this is a team – I mean you kind of got at this, but I think part of the reason why they're not going to be – gunning for 74 wins is because it's their own record that they're beating. It's a lot less. It's not like they, you know, it's not like Draymond Green and Stephen Curry feel like they're competing with the 96 Bulls to go up. Like last year, they were competing not just against the 29 other NBA teams. They were competing against history. 
And this year, they wouldn't really be competing against history. It's their own record. I just don't think the motivation is as much there. And we've seen, like you said, Draymond Green talk about that a little bit. So I'm taking the under. I think they're going to be the one seed in the Western Conference. I think they're going to win the title. Uh, But just 67 wins is a whole lot of wins. And I just am not picking that in year one of Durant being there. Uh, Everything you said there. Is, makes complete sense. It's just really tough to think that they go 67 three years in a row. Maybe they do. There's, if, look, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be this team, but it's it's tough to, to bet on that. All right. You can take your hands off your <laughs> take your hands off your ears, Thunder fans. We're, <laughs> we're, we're back. We're done. They won't be mentioned again. Houston Rockets, 43 and a half wins. 41 last year, number eight seed. Totally different roster. They're really hard. For me to evaluate, I think. I think it's kind of a stay away bet in general because they got got Ryan Anderson, they got Eric Gordon, they've got a pretty good bench. Uh, James Harden, uh, Mike D'Antoni said, is going to be playing point guard now. I don't know if that means. I mean, I've I've you know I've heard that Patrick Beverly is still going to start and he's just going to be the two, uh, but I don't know if that means Gordon starting at the two at some point, depending on Beverly. I mean, I really don't understand that much what that means. Harden playing point guard if Beverly is still starting because that still means Beverly is guarding point guards and Harden is guarding twos. Um, and and Harden, I guess, will just take the ball up a little bit more. Like they still ran the entire offense through him. He would just get the ball in the half court and then act as a point guard in the half court. Like he's basically been a point guard. Um, so I. I don't really think that role is changing all that much, but the players around him, the pieces around him have changed a decent amount. You got Capella stepping into a starting role. Uh, I think it's a stay away. I'm taking the slight under just because I'm not quite sure uh, what this roster is going to be. Um, but I do think from a chemistry perspective, um, there's there's a decent chance at this getting better. Like this was a team that went to the Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago. I'm back on board with Houston. I'm, I'm hitting the over. I think they get to um, 46 is my projection. Yeah, you said Western Conference finalists two seasons ago. There was obviously chemistry issues, implosion issues last season. Harden took this team on his back for the last three months of last season and willed them into the playoffs himself. The designation of a point guard means literally nothing is still going to be the same. He was the point guard. He's been the point guard for the last two seasons. The only difference is he's now he's a point guard in Mike D'Antoni's system. So you know, what's going to happen offensively? The defense is going to be a train wreck. It's going to be fun to watch, actually, to, to just to see Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon and James Harden floundering around. Beverly's defense has dropped off a bit. Ariza's defense has dropped off a little bit as well. Capella is, is a really good defender, and a lot's going to come down to him. And, and Fred, you've got to remember, they've got um, one of the top five centers in the NBA, according to their coach. Uh, Nene <laughs> apparently is a, a top five center in the entire NBA. When, when he first said that, I thought, okay, he's talking about he's a top five center on our team. Okay, that's maybe a little bit harsh on the name, but I can understand that. Top five center in the NBA, then uh, that that's when you just know we're in peak uh, peak training camp mode, and you just can't believe anything that anyone says because that is a ludicrous comment. Nene is great, but he's great when he plays nineteen minutes of nine fifty games a year. That's all he can do. I still go on the over. I, I still really like them. I think that they're going to be a uh, a surprise team to a lot of people this season. Let's let's get up next one. The team who they played in the Western or in the Western Conference semis a couple of years ago, and uh, who who had some in, a bunch of injury issues last year, and have lost depressingly in the playoffs three years in a row, and in really heartbreaking ways. The Los Angeles Clippers, um, or actually not the Los Angeles Clippers. They're not the Los Angeles Clippers anymore. They changed their name. They're the L.A. Clippers now. So I gotta I gotta get used to saying that. That's true. Did you know that they changed? I'd, their name? I'd, I'd, 
I did know that. I it, yeah. it is it, it's weird. It's yeah. it's it's up there with uh, the heat writing their name in all capital letters to yeah. me as yeah. being in, in that sort of level of weirdness. Yeah, the heat writing their name in all caps is weird. To to me, I, I liken it more to the the Anaheim Angels changing their name to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and then <laughs> and then and then people and then people just kind of dropping the of Anaheim thing, even though they're technically the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which is which is one of the weirdest name changes to me in in, in like sports that I've ever heard. Uh, but okay, the L.A. Clippers, fifty four wins. They won fifty three last year in a year where. You know, Blake Griffin was hurt for a lot of the year, um, and and they were figuring things out at small forward. Um, I, I think they had, you know, given where they were, which was self-inflicted injuries, I think they had a pretty good offseason. I'm taking the over. Like, this team has won over 54 every year that they've been healthy, um, even years where they haven't. I mean, uh, they sustained with Chris Paul hurt a couple years ago. They got to 56. They're at 55, 56, 57 wins every year. I think they're going to be around there again, 56, 57, something like that, assuming that Blake is healthy and that Chris Paul is healthy. You got both of those guys in contract years. You got Reddick in a contract year. And Reddick, J.J. Reddick, I think I think J.J. Reddick has gotten better every single year he's been in the NBA. Uh, and last year he was just unbelievable, led the league in three-point percentage, um, has really become one of the 10 best shooting guards in the league, and, and now he's in a contract year. I I know he's on the wrong side of 30, but I still think that's going to improve. Um, I, I think this team is going to win 56, and I think they're going to have the second-best record in the league. Interesting. I'm definitely not as high on them as what you are. I still think they're going to be good, and they're going to win 50-plus. I've got them at the same as last year at 53, which you, know, you, you talk about – yeah, Blake coming back, and that's that's probably a reason I should go above that. I just feel there's always something that's going to be not go right with this team, and, and yeah, every season it's a weird injury to Blake Griffin at the moment. But it could be anything. Like Chris Paul, he's a year older. Like he's a small point guard. He's over thirty. Does that mean a five percent decline in his play? Maybe. Like Jamal Crawford was was really bad last season. Yes, he won six man of the year, but he was still really bad. He's you know eighty two years old now, so maybe some other sort of decline from him. Redick again is older. His minutes came down a fair bit. Still really good at his age, but even if these guys decline two percent each, is that is the return of Griffin going to be enough to, to keep it the same? That's what I'm a little bit concerned about. And just the the, the mess at small forward is, is not ideal. Um, if they if he's going to put Paul Pierce in the rope, Doc's going to put Paul Pierce in the rotation most nights and that's not a great sign for this team um, getting better because Paul Pierce is as good as he is. We know it's his last season. He was not a, a positive player in any sense last season. So there is a little, there's a, a fair bit of concern for me, but I still got them at 53 wins. I still think they're going to be really, really good. I just don't think they're going to be pushing back up to that high, high 50s area. I think they come in as the, uh, what have I got them as? E- equal fourth best record in the NBA. I think Alan Anderson's going to help this team a lot. He, because do you reckon his his ankle is is still a real issue to me though? Like he barely played last season. When he came back, he he couldn't stay on the court. He was on and off, and he's still dealing with that. And he's he's like thirty three or thirty four himself, isn't he? He's pretty old. Yeah, because he was out of the league for a while. He was out of the yeah. league for like five years before he came back. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if, he, if he's hurt, he's hurt. Um, but but if he's hurt, the Clippers are still running out basically the same small forward rotation that they had that they had last year. I mean, That's they, true. with Blake missing half the season 
or a little bit more than half the season. And with him not being full throttle Blake Griffin for a bunch of those games after, for basically all the games after he did, in fact, come back, he just wasn't 100%. You could tell the quad never healed. Like people talk about the hand injury, but the quad, the reason he didn't come back was because the quad never, never got back to 100%. Like yep. his, his, he broke his hand and it healed within the time of, of his quad never getting back to, getting back to it. That was what held him out. Um, and, and, they still manage to be a top 10 offense. I mean, this is a team that that when they've had Blake and CP healthy, the two previous years was the number one offense in the league. Like I, They were the number one offense. They were better than the Warriors. Even two years ago when the Warriors won the title, Curry won MVP, the Warriors won six, seven games. The Clippers were a higher offensive efficiency than the Warriors. Than the Warriors. By, a, by a tenth of a point, they were they were the highest offensive efficiency in the league. Um I, I don't think we can discount. Now, I don't think it's going to be better than the Warriors this year offensively. Uh, but I do think this is a top two or three offense in the league. Um, they jumped up to the fifth defense. Uh, DeAndre's gotten better every year. I think that carries into this year. Um, I, just, I, I, I see him at 56, 57, um, and, and, and being really good, especially because it's contract years for a lot of these guys. So, so you, I, you just get the feeling that Blake is going to come in with a – He's he's embarrassed about last year. He's spoken about that openly. Um, I get the feeling he's going to come in like he did finish third in MVP voting a, a few years ago. Um, I get the feeling he's going to come in and and return to that form that he was at. Yeah, um, look, I'm not confident with with the projection. I think that there is a chance that they they do better than that, but I'm also not I'm also not confident that, that they do do better. So I'm sort of I'm sort of waffling there, but if I'm going one way, I'm going under, but it's definitely not I'm I'm definitely not betting on it. All right, so we've been talking about the team in LA. Now we're going to talk about the team in Los Angeles. Are they <laughs> are they close LA and Los Angeles? Um well, yeah, I'm not sure. I reckon they I reckon they they're not too far away. They yeah. they in the in the same in the same locale. They sound like nice places. The Los Angeles Lakers, 17 wins last year, fewest in the history of their franchise. Uh, this year, over under, 26 wins. Where do you have them? Well, removing Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, removing Byron Scott, it almost seems like it adds up to 10 wins, but I'm not quite going that high yet. I've got them at, at 23 uh, at this point. They'll be better than the last season. Again, removing Byron Scott is pretty much accounting for all that. Yeah, and Bryant was, for as good as Kobe is, he was really bad last season and a significant impediment to this team actually being good and developing into uh, developing good players. And I think that if these players had undergone a normal development cycle last season, you'd, you could push them to 30 this year. But their development was set back significantly last year. So guys like Randall and D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson, their development was set back a year. So this is sort of heading... You can almost scrap what happened last season in terms of them moving forward. And this is going to be a lot more learning this year. Again, I think they get better, but I don't think they get to 27 wins. It feels like it's a, it's a bit of a high ask for me. Luke Walton, an upgrade, you know, good coach. We saw what he did in, in Golden State, but it's a completely different situation. Now, how does all this um, work out with these new guys? They're going to be a lot fun. They're going to be definitely more interesting to watch to me just to see how all these guys, Ingram, Russell, Clarkson, Randall, Zubac, all these guys, how they all work together. But 27 feels like it's a little bit too high. I think that that's a really good point that you make about about development and, and how last year it, it's almost like it was it stunted their development too much. 
I still think that their young guys are going to develop enough to take them to 27, 28 wins. I'm taking the over. Um, you know, Mozgov got a lot of grief for that contract, and I don't think it was a good contract. Um, I think that was that was that was an overpay for someone of Mozgov's caliber, but he will help them. Um, he will help them in the locker room too. He has one of the best reputations as just as a character guy, as a person. He has one of the best reputations of any guy in the league. People love him. Young players love him. Teammates love him. He'll be great in that locker room. Same thing with Lou Aldang. That was a lot of money and a lot of years to give Lou Aldang, but he's gonna help with their young guys. There's no question. He's perfect for that. Um, and and that's something that I think is going to help. I, I really like D'Angelo Russell. I think he's going to be good, and I think in a worst-case scenario, he's going to be better than he was last year. I think Randall is going to be a little bit better than he was last year, although I do have some questions about his game. Um, I, I think this team is is not going to be good, um, and they're going to be near the bottom of the conference, but I think they're going to get to something in the high 20s, which is a really big improvement. I mean, it would be one of the biggest improvements from a from a just wind jump perspective in, in the league this year. And I, I think they're going to get somewhere around there. It's mainly because I really like D'Angelo Russell, honestly. I I, I know, like, all the, all the stories about D'Angelo Russell were off-the-court stories. But D'Angelo Russell is a good basketball player. He was good last year. And and I think he's going to be a really a really quality player. And I think we're going to take him see him take another improvement this year. Yeah, I think that he will. I will, he will take a, a step forward this season. I think that his numbers will look really impressive this season. Now, whether that translates to wins or not, I, I don't know. It will translate to a few more wins, but I do think that he does take a step forward in terms of what he does on the court. And yeah, some of his numbers were really good last season. And some of, in terms of you know all-time rookie point guard numbers, he was right up there with, with some of the some of the very best in terms of the, what he was able to do. Look, you, you you are convincing me a little bit about the about the twenty-seven wins. There's there's a lot to there is a lot to like. Um, in terms of just getting better this season, long term, the Deng and Mozgov is not the not great deals. But for, for this season, it, it, it does make a, a lot of sense. So it'll be interesting to see how how it all works out. But you are you, you're swaying me a little bit. Ah, I'm proud. I'm proud. <laughs> all right, Memphis Grizzlies. I, yesterday we talked about how the Knicks are kind of a stay away bet because they have a lot of guys, or at least I did. You you kind of took exception to it, but at least I did. I talked about how the Knicks are in some ways kind of a stay away bet because they have a lot of guys who are injury prone who could push them over their over under. They have a lot of guys who could get hurt and just drag them way, way, way below it. And this is the Western Conference version of that team. This is the Memphis Grizzlies. Over under is 44 wins. They won 42 last year. They just got destroyed by injuries. Conley was hurt and, and Marcus Sol was hurt. Now they have Chandler Parsons, who is a good player and can shoot and is an upgrade if he can stay on the court. But he's got an injury history. Tony Allen's getting up there in age. Zach Randolph is getting up there in age. Uh, there's serious injury potential on this team. That all being said, I'm still taking the over. I, I think the Grizzlies have, have, a, have a decent shot to get into the middle of the Western Conference playoff picture. Um, I would not bet on this. Um, you're you're a Marcus Gasol injury away from losing that bet if you bet on this, or a Mike Conley injury away, and you could end up getting both of them, and you could end up getting Chandler Parsons too. Like it's totally possible. And this team was just decimated last year. Um, they 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 had to they had to get a hardship waiver from the from the league just so they could fill out a roster. Um, they were they were playing with a makeshift ro- makeshift roster with like Xavier Munford uh, getting legitimate playing time at point guard. Um, this was a totally made up roster that it's amazing how hard they fought under Davey Aker, um, who's no longer there now. They've got a first year coach now, and I, I think Fisdale David Fisdale has a great reputation. Um, I think if everything goes well, 
they're going to go over 44, and I'm going to take them on that. But I just I wouldn't make that bet. It's one of the last bets that I would make out of the 30 teams that, that we're going over right now. It's one of the last bets that I would make. If I had to make 20 of them, this wouldn't be one of them. Yeah, definitely not a huge amount of confidence um, with it. I've got them at yeah, just over as well. The thing I am concerned of, the Gasol thing is significant um, with his foot. And the other thing, with he's going to turn 32 this season. But even before his foot injury, it was the worst season of his career. By basically all advanced metrics, all his numbers were well down. His you know, um, plus minus, his box score plus minus numbers, his uh, win shares numbers, his PER numbers, his true shooting was all... all uh, either at the worst number of his career or the second worst of his career. So he had suffered a significant decline. Even just watching him on the court, you went, well, this is not Marcus Solak. What's happening here? And then he broke his foot. And he's seven foot tall. He weighs 260 maybe. Maybe that's being generous. He's a big, big man. He's 32 years old. He broke his foot. Ugh, there's some concerns there. Love Chandler Parsons if his knees hold up, then that, that, that's a great addition. But we don't know at this point. Their depth is, is shockingly thin at point guard and at the wing. Like you're talking about if Conley or Parsons goes down, you're relying upon James Ennis and Wade Baldwin. And that is not the, uh, that's not the recipe for a, a team to win 45 games. But if everyone stays healthy, yeah, sure, fine. Um, the Parsons upgrade could be really, really good. But there's just a lot of question marks. So, so this next one that we've got, I, I believe... And I'm just eyeballing this, so tell me if I'm wrong. I believe this yep. is the the biggest positive difference between last year's win total and this year's over-under win total. So the over-under win total is 42 wins. Last year they won 29, and the name of the team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. People are high on the Timberwolves. Are you? Yeah, not that high. Uh, that's I've I've got them under uh, 42 wins. That look. It's a lot. Okay, it, it's a big jump. It, Yes, Tom Thibodeau is a significant upgrade over Sam Mitchell. Um, but yeah, what else did they do? They didn't bring in a huge name free agent. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is a year older. Anthony, Anthony, Andrew Wiggins is a year older. Zach Levine's a year older. All these players, you know, one extra year of experience. But it's not 13 wins extra. I don't think. I've got them at 36. Uh, so it's taking a step forward. I think playoffs is probably next season, not 2017-18. Uh, I think that's where we look at, at playoffs for them. And again, they're battling with the Mavericks. They're battling with the Grizzlies in that sort of a range for a playoff seating. And I'm not really sure they're at that level just yet. I think this is one of those scenarios where you have to remind yourself, either remind yourself or maybe learn that when Vegas sets lines, whether they're like this or they're for games, they're not predictive. People talk about them like they're predictive. Vegas yeah. is not predicting the Timberwolves to win 42. They're making these lines so that they can maximize the amount of betting on either side of the line. And that's why lines change, right? It's not because their prediction is changing. It's because of action on one, on one side is heavy, right? So this line is set because people are freaking out about the Wolves. And they have tons of young talent. They have the most young talent in the league. And Carl Anthony Towns is unbelievable. I wrote a whole freaking thing last year about how he should have been all league. That's how good I thought he was last year. So yep. you're not going to find me say anything bad about Carl Anthony Downs. I think he is going to be incredible. He's already great. Like he was great last year. He wasn't great for a rookie. He was great. Period. And he's going to be better this year. But 42 wins, 43 wins is what you're picking if, if you pick the over here. And I don't think they're getting there. 
I think they're going to be pretty comfortably under. They're still super young. They're going to be adjusting from Mitchell style to Tibbs's. Um, there's there's a lot to there's a lot of adjustment here. There's a lot of development that has to happen with a lot of these guys. Um, I think next year is the year, I, and and it'll happen because I think Wiggins is going to be really good, and uh, you know Towns is obviously already great, and and I know there are people you'll find people on either side of Zach Levine. I like Zach Levine. I think he's going to be a good player. Um, I think in, in a worst-case scenario, he's a really good athletic bench scorer. And in a best-case scenario, he's a really, really solid, insanely athletic starting shooting guard. Um, but 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 he's, he's going to be really solid, I think. But I think they need – I'm with you. They need one more year. Um, and 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 you know maybe maybe Wiggins comes out and makes a leap on top of Towns. I think that's their chance of getting out there. But I don't know if Wiggins is going to do that this year. Wiggins is still insanely young too. Like this would be Wiggins' senior year of college. Yeah, he, he, look, these guys are, are, are ridiculously young. But Fred, and this is just me putting in a, a shameless mention here. Young teams can uh, can do things because. Yeah, and they might, they might surprise because I, I have to get this out there, Fred, because my team in the Australian Football League just won our second title ever on the weekend. Um, it had been 62 years since we, we won it. We came in with a team with zero finals experience and great things can happen. And you never know with these teams. I don't think they're winning the title, but weird things weird things are happening around the uh, sporting world at the moment. Leicester City won the English uh, Premier League. Uh, said the Western Bulldogs just took out the uh, Australian Football League after, again, not winning it in, in 62 years with the, the youngest team, I think, in recent memory to, to win to win a title. Weird things are happening with the young teams around the world. All sports I know nothing about. <laughs> All <laughs> sports. Believe, believe. I, can, I, can tell you, I can tell you that I can add the Chicago Cubs to that uh... – to that to that list, but uh, that's, if, that's if the Cubs if the Cubs win it this year, then there is something really strange happening across. It's already there's already weird stuff happening because you know all the Cavs winning was was weird enough and you know, never doing that. All their cursed history, Leicester coming from nowhere, so the, the Bulldogs coming from nowhere. You know, one is the, the we won the title as the lowest seed to ever win it. Just some weird stuffs happening. Well, let's talk about speaking of weird stuff. Let's talk about the Pelicans roster. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 36 and a half wins is their over under. They won 30 last year. They were so disappointing last year, but they also just had just outrageous amount of injuries. This is another team with a ton of injuries. I don't like the way their roster is comprised. Um, I didn't think Alvin Gentry did a great job last year on top of that. I really like Drew Holiday, but he's always hurt. And last year there were times he was playing on, on minutes, you know, minutes restrictions and all of that. Uh, they lost Eric Gordon. They lost Ryan Anderson. Um, I am still taking their over. Um, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're a winner two or three over this um, because I think Anthony Davis, that leap that everyone expected Anthony Davis to take last year when he kind of stayed stagnant, I think that comes this year. And I think that takes them to a total in the high 30s. I look. I do tend to agree with, you, especially about Anthony Davis. I think that he is going to be um, uh, tremendous with this team. I think he's going to take a step forward. But I just have real concerns about the injuries. Uh, Quincy Pondexter. He's still not ready. This guy has been out for almost two years. It, it appears at this point. Tyreek Evans. Does he ever play for this team again? We don't know. He's had three knee surgeries in nine months. His knees are going down the Brandon Roy path. It, it, it appears like Drew Holiday. You talked about his injuries, but. 
he looked he was fine last season. In the end, they managed him really, really well. And once the management was over, he was playing 35 minutes a night. And he looked sensational, really. And then he copped a, a, a elbow or fist in the face and it broke his eye socket. And that was you know, completely unrelated to his legs. But when's he going to play? Is he going to come back at the start of December? Is he going to come back at the start of January? Is he going to take the whole season off? I just have no idea when he's going to play. And his his replacements, yeah, Tim Frazier's fine, he's okay. Itwan Moore, who I do really like, and I think that Moore should actually be playing a little bit over Buddy Heald. I like all that thing, but I, I don't know how much better it actually makes, and there's still too much uncertainty with me for me with this team to actually bet the over. Look, if, if Holiday was there and starting opening night, him and Davis worked these guys together, I probably would have been all for it, but I'm just... Because I just don't know when Drew's going to be there, it's a it's a real concern to me with, with how, how this team is going to look we're still three question marks over guys uh, heading into the start of the season. I think that's fair. And I think Alvin Gentry, who, who I like as a coach normally, I, I don't think he had the best year again last year. But, but, but again, my, my logic is basically this is, this is the time I think Anthony Davis just becomes a top five guy who can carry you to 38 wins. And uh, I, I, think, I think that's kind of what goes down this year. And if, if it doesn't, I mean, people expected that last year. They said he had a disappointing year. I mean, people don't realize that progr- that 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 progression is not always always linear. Like sometimes yeah. guys have one year that's on par with the previous year. He still had a great year last year. Got hurt, um, and he's coming off surgery now, and that's something that that you know it will be a concern coming into this year. Um, but if if he can play games, and which is you know we haven't seen him play seventy five games before, but if that's something he can get to, and and he can really take get to where everybody knows he's going to get to the level of play. Everyone knows he's going to get to at some point in his life, whether it's this year or next or whatever. Uh, everyone knows he's getting there. And if he can get there this year, I think that that brings him over alone. Um, next up. So here's here's the one. We'll, we'll, spend, we'll spend a couple more minutes on this one because this is, after all, a Thunder podcast. The Oklahoma City Thunder, 45 and a half wins. 55 last year. We know who they lost. We know who they got. Number three seed in the West last year, Western Conference Finals. I'm taking the under just barely. I've said on this podcast about 14 times before. I have them at 45 wins. Where do you have them? Um, I don't want to endure the wrath of, of Thunder fans, but I, I'm glad that you went under as well, so I'm not I'm not the, the only one here. I've, I've got them at 43, so a little bit less than you. But you know, I still think they, they do make the playoffs but I do have them under that 45-win um, threshold. Yeah, look, I, I do like Oladipo, um, but shooting is going to... We talked about uh, the Magic yesterday with shooting concerns. This team's going to have shooting concerns of their own, and how that works out it remains to be seen, how they replace not only Durant, which is impossible, but just his ability to, to space the floor and, and to shoot. Like, you're replacing him with Oladipo, who's, who had some really solid stretches last season in shooting, but he's not... Durant, quite obviously. So they're going to struggle in that sort of sense uh, offensively. Will the workload be too much for Russell Westbrook over an entire season? How does that translate to wins? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm under. I'm, look, he, they could easily come out and, and win 48, 49 games, and I wouldn't go, well, that's weird. I, I'd be okay with that. But I, if I'm putting money one way, I'm, I'm going under. Yeah, I had him at 45, and that was before the Cameron Payne injury. Um, with pain, I think you could argue that that may shave off another another win or two because you're 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 having 
what I think will end up being a, a downgrade at, at point guard. Um, unless, of course, that just means that they're going to switch things up and maybe Victor Oladipo is the guy running your second unit offense the whole time. Uh, because I thought Payne was bound for a good year this year. We'll see how much time he's missing. We still don't have a timetable on how long he's going to be out. But uh, for, for now, I, I, that certainly doesn't help the Thunder. Um, yeah, like you said, there's going to be issues with spacing. But I think it's going to be a really good defense. I think they, they have a good chance to be a top 10 defense. I think Oladipo, uh, while he's aggressive and sometimes gets out of spots, I think he's, he's a plus defender. He really gets into a guy's chest. He's really aggressive. He's really long. He's insanely active, plays crazy hard. Um, he's decent at getting around ball screens. Um, you know, Adams was just fantastic in the playoffs last year, and I think he's going to continue that into this year. I think he's a legitimate defensive anchor at center. He's a rim protector. He defends pick and rolls. He can switch out into the perimeter, onto wings. He even, he even guarded Stephen Curry on switching on switching on ball screens uh, during the playoffs last year and really did an excellent job. Um, like, he blocked a Stephen Curry. Three during the playoffs, like he, he really did an excellent job on, in every sense last year defensively. Um, I think Andre Robertson has become one of the league's best perimeter defenders, um, and, and they've got a couple guys on their on their bench. You know, with Payne not playing, yeah, that's that, that that hurts for sure. But Ronnie Price is the best point guard defender on this team, and now he's going to get some minutes, and that that will help their second unit defense because Ronnie Price is really good at guarding the ball. He's really good at guarding pick and rolls. Um, he's incredibly smart. Um, He's he's a really really good defensive point guard, um, and, and I think this is a defense that 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 has a pretty good chance of being in the top ten. I think the offense will be slightly below average, um, and I I still think they're going to end up in that 45, 44, 45 win range. And and as you know, something like the five seed, the six seed. Um, I had them at the six seed with Memphis at the five, um, but 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 uh, you know that unfortunately is is still the under with this forty five and a half line. Yep, definitely. All right, next up, Phoenix Suns, 28 and a half, 23 last year. Tons of young pieces on this team. Uh, I, I picked them to win 28, so the softest under you can possibly have. Um, but I, I love Devin Booker, um, and I'm excited about, about Bender, and I'm excited about Chris. Um, I'm excited about a lot of guys on this team. I love Eric Bledsoe. My issue is that I just... I worry about Bledsoe's ability to stay healthy. If I thought Bledsoe could play more minutes, um, then you know I I I would I, I not more minutes, more games. Uh, I would I would end up taking over twenty eight and a half. But I'm just not incredibly confident in that. Uh, he's he's had knee issues for for years now, um, and that's continued. They have they still after all of these years. It's always with different players, but it's always the same thing. They got this this jumbled group of guards with Booker and Knight and Bledsoe. Um, I'm not quite sure how that will work, but they have to find 30-plus 30, 30 minutes for Devin Booker. They just have to. He's great. Um, and and I, I wonder how that's going to work. If Bledsoe misses time, that's obviously one way to do it. Uh, but, but there are just some issues on this team. I, I wasn't incredibly impressed with Earl Watson last year, though he was a rookie coach coming in halfway through the year. So I don't think I, that, that's probably not a fair statement for me. I think this year we'll get a better idea of what kind of coach he's going to be after he gets a training camp and he's a little more experienced. Uh, but but I'm, I'm, I'm under 28 and a half, just barely. Another one that I, I wouldn't be putting in my top five, top seven bets. I've got them under as well. I've got them at, at 26 wins. The, the Watson thing is a real concern for me. I don't think you're being overly harsh on him. I thought some of the things that he did last season were were just 
baffling decisions um, a, a lot of the time that the team didn't look great and it shouldn't have been all about winning last season but some of the things he just didn't did, didn't make much sense at all the, the process in terms of rehiring him was not ideal in uh, in my opinion um, I'm actually probably as concerned if not more concerned with Brandon Knight's ability to stay healthy rather than Eric Bledsoe's as well he's had significant injuries over the last couple of seasons that is just you know, consistently re- recurring with, with his ankles he's had groin issues as well um, really hard for him to stay healthy too yet yeah, love Booker but you know, PJ Tucker's going to miss the start of the season with a a back issue. TJ Warren's coming off a broken foot. Uh, Chris and Bender, I really like Bender a, a lot, but how's he going to contribute in, initially? Not really sure what, what they're going to do. I've, I've got him as an under at 26. Really like a lot of their pieces, but I'm concerned about Watson. Trailblazers, 44 last year, 45 yeah. and a half. Uh, they they made some 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 weird moves. I mean, they signed Azili, but, but he's hurt. Um, I, I thought that was a good signing, but they brought in Evan Turner for a ton of money. I think he's going to be put in a situation where he's going to have to guard a lot of wings, which I I don't love. Um, I worry about them defensively. They were 21st in defense last year. I think they honestly could fall slightly below that this year. Um, so I'm picking them for 44 again. Uh, they got a wonderful offensive backcourt. I think they're a playoff team, but I think Terry Stotts is a great coach too. Uh, they're going to have a good offense, but I think that defense is just going to be really easy to score against. I've got them at 45, so I'm under as well. And yeah, the, the backcourt defense is, is a real concern. It is it is beyond poor. Yeah, they're really good offensively, but they give up just as much going the other way. Yeah, Turner, yeah, we, we know the issues with that with that contract. They didn't improve their biggest probably need, and that was uh, rim protection. Yeah, Azili. But he's never going to be able to play big minutes at, at this point in his career. We just can't. I mean, again, he's injured already with his knees. He's just not going to be able to rely upon him. It was a great contract, but he, he's not solving that issue. Um, that were a real feel-good story from last season, but I, I don't really see them improving too much. I think they're sort of capped out at their ceiling almost. People will say, "Oh yeah," but all the, they're all pretty young. But the guys are like 25, 26. They're not 20. They're not Timberwolves young. They're not 20, 21, 22. They're 25, 26, which is almost you know, prime peak sort of years for these guys. So, how much better they can get? I guess we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah, they've got they've got good players. Like Mason Plumley, oh, yeah. Mason Plumley is a good player. Myers Leonard is a usable player. Uh, Alan Crabb is a good player. Uh, Ed Davis is a good player. Ed Davis is absolutely a good player who had a great year last year. Um, they're you know Aminu is a good player. They've got a lot of good players. Um, they yep. really do have a lot of good players. Um, it's it's just kind of it's it, there's some weird fits on the team. I, it's weird for me to say that I didn't love their offseason because I almost always love their offseason. I think they have one of the best front offices in the league. I think Neil O'Shea is fantastic, and I think the people who work there are just remarkably intelligent people. Um, and they they are great at roster building. They really are. It's one of the best. It's it's probably the most underrated front office in the league. Um, a lot of other front offices are great, and I get due respect. And I think people respect Portland for sure, but I don't think people talk about them and in, in the conversation. Conversation of, of you know the 
the however many best front offices in the league that you think there are. And I think Portland's in that conversation, but I just, I wasn't a fan of the Turner signing and they, they gave a lot to crab. And uh, I, I wonder how, how that guard rotation is going to come out. And I, I hope they don't lose a minute minutes at expense to Turner. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really wondering. And I hope, and I hope that if they do feel like they have to play a menu and they play him at the four now that Ed Davis doesn't have to play less now. And uh, I just, I wonder how that's all going to go um, because I, I don't want to see Ed Davis lose minutes and I don't want to see a menu lose minutes. Cause I feel like those guys were really important to their success last year. And I just keep thinking, I keep thinking that that's going to happen. Yeah, all that stuff is, is definitely a concern. It's just it's going to be weird how Stotts runs that rotation. But um, he's a really good coach, though. He is a really he good is. coach. One thing I think we can be almost certain of is that they don't progress further in the playoffs on what they did uh, this season or last season. Right. Well, they got fortunate last year going up against yeah. the Clippers when Chris Paul and Blake Griffin both got hurt in that series. Um, next up, three teams left. Right. Zach, the one of the most fun teams to talk about every single year, without a doubt. The Sacramento Kings, 32 and a half wins is their over-under. They won 33 last year. Uh, I've got them under. Um, I don't know. Like Dave Yeager is a clear upgrade at coach over George Carl, which is weird for a guy who's a Hall of Fame coach, but he was a, a mess last season, George Carl. Rajon Rondo was, was a mess. Yeah, he led the league in assists, but I literally don't care. He was terrible. He was terrible offensively. He was terrible defensively. Um yeah, I think my, or well, I know that my projection was done before we knew the news of how long Darren Collison was going to be suspended. So he's going to be out eight games. Like the last uh, domestic violence suspension was 24 games. And if he was out 24 games and they were running the, uh, the ghost of Ty Lawson and Garrett Temple at point guard, they were going to struggle to, to win five or six games in that stretch. Missing only eight games probably puts that up a little bit in terms of what, what they can do because Collison is, is a better player than all those guys. But, that point guard rotation is a shambles. Shooting guard, Aaron Aflalo, Ben McLemore, I don't love it. What are they doing at the four? They've got too many big men. There's just there's too many question marks uh, at, at this point with this team for me to get overly excited. Love Boogie. think he's fantastic. But what, what, what do they do in these other positions? I'm over. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm I'm over. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm I'm over by, by a half a win. I had him at 33 yep. wins. I just... I think they're the same team as last year, and yeah, you've got you've got the Collison suspension. Um, maybe maybe that eats away. I'm not incredibly confident in this, as you can tell. I'm only a half a win over, um, but but they're 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 such a similar team. I think Rondo being gone is really not a very big loss. I think it's possible that Darren Collison this year, even after missing eight games, provides more than Rondo did last year. Rondo gave Coulson, so much. Collison was better than Rondo last season. Rondo gave so much away on defense last year. I mean, it was yep. it was it was really really tough to watch him play defense. And I think I think Jaeger is a really big upgrade. Like George Carl, I've all, I've honestly always been a George Carl fan, but but George Carl last year was like the equivalent to coaching of what Kobe was last year. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. You know, great career, but it's the la- probably the last stop of his career, probably his last season ever coaching. And it was, as Jalen Rose calls it, it was a keep getting them checks season. Like that's yeah. that's what it was for George Carl. Um, and that, and I think Jaeger, Jaeger, Jaeger did such a good job last year. Um, like I don't think you're going to find anyone who's going to say anything other than Dave Jaeger did such a good job with that Memphis team last year. Um, and and yeah, he's he's had a history of of you know kind of 
I, you know, butting heads, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, with, with some management and that kind of stuff. But, but players go so hard for him. And I think part of what we see with the Kings is that they're just not always going that hard. And I wonder if that's going to change under Jaeger. Um, I, I totally envision a scenario in which just based on his and DeMarcus's personalities, I totally envision a scenario in which they get along. Um, I think I think Matt Barnes will you know you can say whatever you want about Matt Barnes but I think he actually will help that locker room from that playing hard perspective. Oh, um, no doubt, he's a good guy to have in that locker room because you can say a lot of negative things about Matt Barnes uh, and and I won't disagree with them, but uh, you cannot say that Matt Barnes doesn't play hard. Um, and, and Matt Barnes influences his teammates to play hard too. That is something he's always done. Um, he's unbelievably scrappy. And I I think that probably keeps him treading around the same spot where they were last year. But look, like if the Kings imploded, it would be just about the least, the least surprising thing I've ever seen. So, so, um, (laughs) so, so I don't know. I'm, I'm keeping around in that low thirties range is what we'll say. I'm taking the over, um, with, with, you know, not a ton of confidence, but but I if I had to put my money on it, that's where I would put it. Uh, next up is the biggest wins drop uh, in the Western Conference. Um, last year, the Spurs won sixty seven games. I they one of one of twelve teams we talked about yesterday. One of twelve teams to win sixty seven games in the history of the league. This year, their win total is still ridiculously high. It's the second biggest behind. Uh, tied with the Cavaliers, second biggest behind the Warriors. It's 57, uh, but they were so good last year that it still dropped 10 wins. So I am taking the under. What about you? Well, I know you hate it when I say I've got them exactly at 57, but what I do... No, um, you got to pick. You got to pick. I'm going over then. I'll take I'll take them dropping nine games rather than 11 games off last season's total. It's in Duncan's a huge loss. He led the entire NBA in defensive box score plus minus last season, which is ridiculous given he was 40 years old. Yeah, his offense was a real concern, and Power Gasol's a huge upgrade there. But how does that? How does Power fit into this team? Tony Parker is not good anymore, and he's going to be less good this this season as he gets a year older. Um, Manu. Money doesn't drop off that much, but again, he's 39 years old, so it's going to be a slight decline. So I'm, I'm happy with them dropping that far down. Obviously, I had them at the same level as Vegas, but I, I think that if I'm if I'm got them at 57, I have to go one way or the other. I think I'd rather go 58 than, than 56. I think we're going to see a big defensive drop off in this team. Yep. And, and when I say big defensive drop off, I don't mean that I think they're going to be like even an average defensive team. They're going to be a good defensive team. Just they not have, historic. They have right. They have they have the best wing defenders in the league, like the best yep. wing defending tandem in the league because Kawhi is the best defender in the league. Period. And Danny Green is excellent. Um, and Lamarcus Aldridge does not get the credit for being the two way player that he is. Lamarcus Aldridge had a great defensive season last year and was a des- deserved to be all league. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge was wonderful defensively last year. Uh, I actually thought it was his best season last year, even though like the counting numbers went down. Uh, I thought it was his best season because he was so good defensively. So they've got three really good defenders, and I think they'll stay in the top ten. But I think they're going to drop to something like something like eight, um, seven, something like that. And th- look, fifty. I have them at fifty-five wins. Like it's not like I think the Spurs aren't going to be good. Like I think they're going to be the Spurs. Um, you know, the Spurs without Duncan, which is kind of um, you know, 
I guess the Spurs without Duncan is a little bit of an oxymoron because Duncan is the Spurs and the Spurs are Duncan. But they'll be with, you know, this version of the Spurs without Duncan is. But Powell is not going to help on defense. It's such an outrageous drop-off from what Duncan was. And, yeah, like you said, Duncan's offense fell off, and he was not great. Uh, you know, Thunder fans know him from that Western Conference semifinal series, but he was still playing defense. He still protected the rim. Still a great pick-and-roll defender. Um, he, he 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 will seal off every kind of, you know, baseline cut. Uh, he's wonderful as a post-defender. Like, he just still an unbelievable defensive player, and Pau is not. Um, and and there, I, I keep thinking, I, I keep thinking of scenarios in which teams just keep putting pow in the pick and roll and like tony parker pow gasol pick and roll mm. um and and they're gonna get beat like that now maybe the spurs adjust and they put Kawhi leonard guarding the ball or they put danny green guarding the ball and that's something that they're going to do and that's a hundred percent something they're going to do in postseason series when they get there uh but it's not as much of a move that they're going to do in like the first quarter of a regular season game popovich likes to try things out uh they always rest guys um, and, and I think you know, you're going to see Pop say like, "All right, let's let's see. We might get killed for a full quarter here with David Lee and and Pau Gasol and Tony Parker on the court. Uh, but let's just see what happens. Let's let's build the sample size so that we can evaluate it because that's what a Pop strategy always is. He knows that they're going to be a top three seed in the Western Conference, uh, and he doesn't care if they're second or first or third. Um, so I, I think they're going to be a great team. And I think they're going to be at 55. Um, 50, 58 is just really high to pick them at. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it is it is tough. I'll, I'll still stick with that that soft over, but I wouldn't put any money on that whatsoever. Yeah. All right, we're at the last one. Last one. Let's go. This one is in my top. My this one is one of the bets that I would make. Okay. Utah Jazz forty wins last year. Vegas has them jumping up eight. Over unders at forty eight. Don't you push? Don't you dare push on the last one. No, I'm not. I'm not pushing. I'm pushing this. I've got them under just. I've got them at 47. I think they're going to be really, really good. I think they're a real chance at a top four seed uh, this season. I, I love what they did. I love the fact that at this point we hope that they stay injury-free. Um, but 48, it, it's it's a pretty high bar to set for them. I, I could I could totally see a situation where they win 50 games. So I'm, I'm, you say it's one of your bets you'd make. I, I would not make, make a bet either way on this because I'm not I'm confident they're going to be better, but I'm not confident they're going to be much better than 48 or, or significantly worse than 48. They're going to be right around that mark to me. I love what they did with George Hill. He's a huge upgrade. Dante Exum comes back. Joe Johnson as a bench you know, uh, three and four guy. Boris Diaw. Trey Lyles takes a step forward. Gobert and Favors stay healthy. There's a, I'm talking myself into going even above 50 now, just thinking about how good this team can possibly be. You get a lot of pushback from people on uh, social media when you talk about them being a four-seater. Oh, what have they done? They've never won anything in the playoffs. They didn't even make the playoffs. I don't care. Like you just look at the team and look at the the upgrades that they made, and it should be pretty exciting stuff for Utah this season. I think they're going to win over fifty. Yeah, uh, it's completely feasible. I I pushed them really hard last year when their over under was forty and a half, and uh, they just were killed by injuries like no other team in the league. Uh, I mean, Burks was out. Exum was out for the year. Favors missed a huge chunk. Gobert missed a huge chunk. And they still got within a half a win of that over under 40 and a half. Um, This year, they've got those same young guys. They've improved a year. Favors' jumper is better, um, though he's still better on the inside. 
This is a team that a couple of years ago after the All-Star break, when it finally put it together, was by far, by far the number one ranked defense in the entire league. Um, I think they've got, I mean, I talked about how I think the Celtics are going to lead the league in in defense. This is another team that could lead the league in defense. This is another team that has the potential to be the number one ranked defensive team in the league. Um, you've got unbelievable rim protectors in Favors and Gobert. Um, I think Rodney Hood has shown unbelievable potential on the offensive side of the ball. They they struggled last year in part, I mean, aside from the injuries, their flaws were that they didn't have a great point guard and that they didn't have a very deep bench. They now have a tremendous upgrade. Like, think about the upgrade that that uh, George Hill is on Raul Nato on both sides of the ball. Like, that is an unbelievable upgrade. They brought in Joe Johnson, who's going to provide shooting off the bench. Brought in Boris Diaw, who's going to provide a little bit of everything off the bench. Um, I I think they're going to have Burks healthy. They're going to have Favors healthy. Uh, Exum is going to give him more than he did last year because he was hurt all year. Um, Hayward, I think, is a tremendously underrated player. Um, I think Quinn Snyder also is a really good coach. He's a really good X's nose coach. He's also one of the best interviews of any coach in the league. He's great to just, like, talk about basketball with because he's so bright. And you can tell why he's a good coach because he's amazing at explaining things and communicating. Um, I, I think... I think this team stands to be really good. And you know those people who come at you on Twitter who say, like, oh, the Utah's never won anything. How are they going to get the four? You know what those people come back at when you say, like, oh, who do you think is going to be good? They say, oh, the Timberwolves are going to be great. So, <laughs> so, so, so I'm not listening to the eggs on this one. I think – I mean, look, I guess, I guess there's injury potential because guys got hurt last year. But this roster is so good. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's over a 50-win roster. I'm all aboard Utah. Like I've got a couple of couple of Aussies on the team as well. Like you talk about Burks, like he might not even be able to be a regular part of the rotation, given how strong that they actually are. Like he'll be a regular part, but he won't be playing the same minutes. I don't think he did over the last couple of seasons because just the added talent they've got now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and the, and they've got like versatility off the bench too. Like Joe Joe Johnson, oh, yeah. Joe Johnson's going to play some small ball four for them, and they're just going to they're going to spread. He's going to play a small ball four next to them, and and they can spread around him. They can they can play Diaw, and 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 then all of a sudden they can go insanely big with Favors and Gobert. Um, they've got switchy guys who can who can defend multiple positions. Just about everyone uh, on that team can defend multiple positions, except for maybe Hood. Um, but like you've got you've got a they really, can all handle the ball as well. It's a well-built roster is what it is. Yeah. It is it is a very cohesive roster. Everyone has a very – you know, we were talking about yesterday with the magic and how we just don't know how the pieces are going to fit. <laughs> like there are guys the you look at and you're like, right, you're like, that guy's good. But like I don't know where he fits. Like Biombo is a good player, but I don't know where he fits. If Ibaka's on the team, like you you're like you, you play those you, – you have a lot of guys who just don't really fit together. You know, it's like hey, Aaron Gordon's good, but – She's going to be playing the four more than the three, and you've got these already got multiple big men, and and this team is just it's well it's they fit really well together. You can see you can see how it's all going to come out. It's an intuitive roster, uh, and I think they're going to be I think they're going to play pretty basketball, and I think they're going to win a lot. And I think this is I think this is a second round playoff team, and and if they are if they are the four seed. 
This is a team that played the Warriors really well last year. Yeah, they did. They played the Warriors really well last year, and I'm not saying they would beat the Warriors or anything like that. We are getting so so damn far ahead of ourselves with this, but but that would be an incredibly fun. Like I wanted them to get the eight seed last year, just because as a basketball fan, I thought that they were, you know, the Houston rolled over in that series, and I thought I thought Utah. There was no way that they were going to beat them, but they were going to give them a great fight. Um, and I was I was disappointed we didn't get to see that because they, they lost some games they really shouldn't have down the stretch last year. And I think that's going to be made up for this season. Yep. Uh, I, I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to see how they how they work everything out this year. They, got, they are one of the fun, more fun teams to watch, I reckon, heading into this year. Yeah. Well, Josh, that's everything. We're done. 30 teams done. 30 teams done. 30 teams, two days. Josh, what do you got to plug? Uh, just you listen to me on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble. And if you are interested in fantasy basketball, check out BasketballMonster.com, which is uh, where all my written work goes, uh, all our projections and uh, daily fantasy stuff, seasonal fantasy stuff, tons of articles, tons of uh, tools over at Basketball Monster. All right. Great. Uh, and remember, I'm on every weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're done with the over-under stuff, so uh, tomorrow it's going to be a preview of the of the Barcelona game. Uh, or I should say tomorrow is going to be, yeah, tomorrow is going to be a preview of the Barcelona game. There we go. I'm getting this right. Uh, if you have questions or comments, you can email LockdownThunder at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Fred Katz. And remember, subscribe to the show. Uh, you can do that on iTunes, and you can find us on audioboom.com as well. Log on to normantranscript.com for all your Thunder needs. Uh, and check out Thunder Road to follow team coverage and what's next for the Thunder there. Thunder Road, that's just my blog. Go to the sports tab on the site, wait for the drop-down menu, click on Thunder Road, and you're right there. That's going to do it for today. I'm back with you Wednesday for more Thunder and NBA talk. Until next time, though, Lockdown Thunder is locking up. <laughs>